0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the To Do List. I am your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the podcast where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, we are talking with John Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. That is a podcast that came out about the same time that this one did and approaches the same interview style podcast production from a different angle than I do. Very interesting for John and I to walk our parallel line down the origins of our podcast as well as the differences in our podcast production workflow. John does a daily interview podcast. For those of you that are podcast producers, you probably want to know, okay, how is he doing that? We get into that. We get into the why behind a daily show and the how. But first, I wanted to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is a great way to catch up on your reading, to learn and take advantage of your workout time, your drive time, your commute, your walking time, and catch up on those books that you've just maybe put aside to listen to podcasts. There are some great selections you can choose from from Audible. And in fact, listeners of this podcast can get... A free audio book and a 30-day trial by going to audiblepodcast.com slash beyond the to-do list. One that I would suggest, which we actually bring up in this interview, is Dave Ramsey's book, Entree Leadership. One of the great things about that book that I personally love is the fact that Dave shares tons of his experience from starting his own business 25-plus years ago, touches on how business and relationships with people intersect. It is a huge source of inspiration and instruction, and it's read by the author Dave Ramsey, which, if you've ever heard him or if you've never heard him, trust me, he is a great speaker. It is a great read. It's a really great listen as well. Again, if you want to get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial, you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash Beyond the to do list. That's dot com slash beyond the to do list. This week it is my awesome privilege to ignite with you with John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. John, are you ready to ignite?
1: Eric, I am so pumped up. Let's set this place on fire.
0: Awesome. I still remember back when you had me on your show and you were like, are you ready to ignite? And I said, Lake, uh, well, who was it? Uh, Johnny Storm from the Fantastic Four. I said, "Flame on," because <laughs> I had <laughs> to tie good. in, had to tie in comic books somehow. So, anyway, <laughs> I know that we have a lot of people who listen to both our shows. But in case any of my listeners have not listened to your show, what is Entrepreneur on Fire?
1: Well, Entrepreneur on Fire is a daily show, Eric. It's seven days a week where I bring on inspiring and successful entrepreneurs and share their journey. So we literally go back, we talk about failures, we talk about aha moments, we talk about what's exciting to them right now, and then we finish with a lightning round. So it's, it's a daily show with great people.
0: Awesome. And you've had about, at the time of this recording, you've had 201 episodes. Yes. Which is just insane to me. <laughs> because I think you started I don't know a couple weeks after me maybe a month I don't know and uh, I'm at about 30 I should be at you know about near 50 right now but I took a, a brief break and uh, but you've been started and you you're going strong and you're doing a a daily show and I just like cannot believe the amount of content that you're you're pumping out there so we're going to talk a little bit more about you know your workflow and how you're producing all yeah. that and I took a quick look which I try not to do very often in uh, iTunes just to look at the business rankings again, this morning when I checked, Entrepreneur on Fire was ranked number 14 in the business section of iTunes. And I was having a good day, so I was number 16. So right right ahead of you at 13 was Seth Godin with his wow. uh, his podcast there. And then in between us with Dan Miller. And then right up above us was Pat Flynn and Michael Hyatt. And and actually, you've interviewed all of those guys. And I've interviewed three out of the four. I'll get Seth some at some point. Trust me. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, truth be told, I asked him. And I asked just a little too late. He responded, which was cool in and of itself. Like within 24 hours, he emailed me back and said, uh, thank you so much for asking. I'm actually just about done doing podcasts, interviews right now. So I'll ask again. But anyway. Catch him on a good day. That's all. I will. I will. But uh, I mean, the point being is we're both doing interview shows with all these great guests. You are talking more from the perspective of – how would they get started in their business? How did nice. they figure out that they could be an entrepreneur? What was their basically you 're doing superhero origin stories, as I have like to say <laughs> for these entrepreneurs, which is awesome and inspiring and that 's your point like that 's the goal behind your show is to break through that you know eliminate the word impossible as i 've been trying to say a lot more yeah. these days is just you know, get that word out of your head. You can ask all these, like you, like me have probably had a ton of people come up to you and say, or through online say, how did you get them? Do you have any feedback on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's a great question. And that's probably one of the top questions that I have. And honestly, it's all about providing value. And that was like the focus of my show. and when I started, I was my own avatar. I was like, what do I want to hear? What do I want to be listening to when I'm turning on a podcast? And, you know, there are obviously a ton of interview shows out there, but there are reasons why shows like yours rise to the top, Eric, because we tell a different story. And for me, again, it was going back in that journey and talking about failures and then aha moments, because so many of us, and the listeners specifically are, they're just about to start their journey and that's a very lonely place. I mean, it's scary, there's fear, you're all by yourself, people don't get it. And so by sharing the story of people who actually have been there and done that and were scared, like your Seth Godin's, I mean, he, he shares that very well in his podcast, that was really powerful. So I always had people coming up and saying, how did you get this guest and that guest? And again, it's just all about by providing value and saying, hey, Tim, like you know, your book is coming out in three weeks. I'd love to have you on my show to talk about the Four Hour Chef. You know, I have over two hundred thousand unique downloads a month. Will you join me? And by providing value that way, they come back and say, "Yeah, you know, it's worth twenty minutes of my time to come on." So that's been my experience, and it's been a great one thus far, Eric.
0: Yeah, you're seeing just like me that uh, a lot of these people. I mean, because I have I've interviewed a lot of people that are in the same kind of wheelhouse. They're they're doing that entrepreneurial. They're not working for a boss. They're they're their own boss. Right. And we were talking a little bit before we hit record that isn't it amazing that we're seeing these people who are self-producing podcasts out there in the top 10 and higher of the business section of podcasts in iTunes.
1: And it is crazy. I mean, we did talk about this, which is so funny when we we literally launched within a couple of weeks of each other. So yeah. you and I spent like those Amazing eight weeks that you can potentially be in the iTunes New and Noteworthy together. It was always like, right, entrepreneur on fire, beyond the to do list. So I was like tracking you, and I know vice versa. And it was really interesting because when we first started, so many of the top 20 shows were Wall Street Journal, was Jim Cramer, was, you know, APN Marketplace, was NPR shows. And now you're just seeing literally, and it's been the last six months, all of these shows that, you know, people are just really adjusting to and focusing on now and listening to in droves are more the privatized shows like the michael hyatt's the Mm -hmm. dan miller's yourself myself you know entrepreneur fire and you're seeing these shows rise in the rankings and now they're littering the top 20 It's, it's great
0: yeah it's it's just insane to see that i mean just the other day taking a quick peek and looking and seeing you know number one and number two is you know Dave Ramsey right. and then number 3 is Pat Flynn. Right. And that's just that's one that's a test to just how awesome Pat Flynn is. Right. But two, just seeing that and actually that was one of I mean I screenshotted when it happened to me, it was it was Dave Ramsey and and Dave Ramsey one and two and then I was in number 3 slot. Wow. Like third or fourth week into the to the show that happened and I screenshotted it cuz I was just like there's no way I thought that was going to ever happen. That That's was a keeper error. It was an impossible. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was an impossibility in my mind, and that just again, that chipping away at that word in your mind and holding it as a belief. We we believe the lie that it's impossible.
1: Exactly, and I mean the reviews that come in. I mean, you have you know over two hundred of these like five star reviews of people that are coming and saying wow like your show is impacting my life and you know that when you have you know 200 plus you're multiplying that by 10 or you know 100 of people that you know want to leave reviews they're just not action takers so it's incredible to see that kind of response
0: yeah but it really does i don't i don't i try not to do like hey remember to do this over and over and over again right. but I, you know what i'm going to take 5 seconds right here and just say it like Go that I, thank you again to the like 200 and, 215 That have left reviews of any sort for this show because you are the reason you, the listener right now, this show is ranked so high. And the same for John. I mean the the reason he's ranked so high is because his listeners have found such value in what he's doing that they've went and left a review. So again, thank you so much to everybody who's done that for both of us because it really means a lot, not just to us support-wise but also to the show for it to be visible. So again – You know, if you haven't done that for either of our shows, you should go do that. (laughs)
1: No, absolutely. And that has a huge role to play in the algorithms and the rankings. And iTunes is getting over 45 million unique visits, Eric, every single month by people around the world. And a lot of those people are finding their way to that podcasting tab because it's free, it's actionable. And then how are they finding their shows? Just like you look for, you know, the top shows in Netflix, you look for the top podcasts in iTunes. I mean, that's how people realize what's good and what's not. And that social proof of all those high rankings is massive. So then they subscribe, they hear your voice, they see the value you provide, and they're listeners for life.
0: Yeah, definitely. So let's put ourselves in the the listener's shoes for a minute and go back to the point where we did not produce podcasts. And maybe talk a little bit about your journey up to the point where let's talk about your journey up to the point where we uh, we met and didn't really realize it in New <laughs> York City last summer, and then uh, move forward from there.
1: It's a great journey in my mind. I mean, you know, I was just this guy from, from Maine, and I went to college on a ROTC scholarship. So then I was an officer in the Army for eight years post college. And then after the Army, I was trying to find my way. So I was in a bunch of different jobs corporate finance, commercial real estate, residential real estate. And it was really during that time that I actually fell in love with podcasts in general because I was always in the car, I was hitting the gym, working out, loving that on demand content. And so that was probably back in like 2009 is when I first really got into it. But then fast forward to 2012. That's when I was actually like, wow, this is something that can really be a business. And I had my little aha moment of this daily show that interviewed inspiring entrepreneurs. So I reached out to a great podcaster who was actually hanging out with last night here in Maine, Jamie Tardy of The Eventual Millionaire. And I said, hey, will you coach me? Will you be my mentor? Because I don't have a clue about podcasting. And this was literally 11 months ago. And she was like, absolutely come on board. By the way, I'm going down to New York City for blog world. You know, in three days, you should come because this is where you can meet some great people. And I was like, well, what's blog world? Like, what is a, what is a conference about social media? I don't, I didn't even know, but I jumped on board. I went down there. That was when you and I first met Eric, was at Cliff Ravenscraft's little gathering that he had at a pizza place right in Times Square. It was a blast. We met some great people. Jason Van Orden from Internet Business Mastery was there, amongst others. And that really opened my eyes up to the world of podcasting. And that was really when I got my first number of yeses. And I was like, okay, so now I can come back to Maine. And do my quote unquote summer of fire, building up, you know, these 40 interviews that I wanted to hit in preparation for a daily show. So, yeah, that was the build up to it. I mean, I just fell in love with podcasting back in 2009, was a huge fan for three years, finally had that light bulb come on, went to Blog World. Eric, we met, and it's been
0: great stuff ever since. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and for those that don't know, Blog World was at the time, call, in June of 2012, called Blog World and New Media Expo, and then they Jeez. dropped Blog World and just became New Media Expo because blogging is part of New Media. The rebranding, the renaming made sense, and ever since now, they're doing a, a, an annual show or an annual conference, I should say, in Las Vegas. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash beyond. In the first week of January, I know that you went last this past January. I was supposed to go. I backed out but I, and I had good reasons and and it was definitely now proved to be the right reason i won 't go into that but uh, <laughs> okay. i'm definitely i 'll say this i 'm definitely already set to attend next year, and it 's locked in so we 're good
1: awesome well, it was a great experience this past January. I really did love the the move to the annual, and I know Cliff's also a fan of that as well because it really does kind of make people mark it off on their calendar. They can't get that excuse anymore like, oh, I'll just go to the East Coast one or I'll just go to the West Coast one and then end up going to neither. And that conference was a huge shift. I saw it firsthand because I was in the New York City one and you know there was a podcasting track and it was well attended, but it wasn't all a buzz. And then in January, I was actually fortunate enough to be asked to speak at at the January conference. So I gave a talk about podcasting and about my journey as a podcaster to just a packed room and every podcasting track that I went to was packed. I mean, Cliffs was overflowing and it was just such a shift from where just six months prior, people weren't really buzzing about podcasting at all. And then it was the only thing that people wanted to talk about in January. And then in April, I just got back from San Diego, social media marketing world, where Michael Stelzner gave a keynote in front of the 1,100 people that were in attendance and said, podcasting is the thing of 2013. Get it through your head. So it's been crazy to see this shift so quickly just in these last 11 months, Eric.
0: That is crazy, especially because I remember sitting in my data entry day job back in 2005 when iTunes first added podcasts to its software. And I'm sitting there taking a half hour on on a break You know, cumulatively throughout the whole day, finding new shows like, oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. And then being able to listen to these time shifted radio shows. And it's just like, I would not have ever considered that things would be where they are now in a second wave of huge growth. So –
1: Time shifted radio shows. I love that. I don't know if I've ever heard that.
0: Yeah, I mean that's. I mean essentially that's what yeah. people were calling it back then. It's like it's TiVo for radio talk radio. <laughs> like, and I'm like, that's exactly what it is. And I did love you listen
1: it. to Cliff's Lost back then?
0: That's how I mean. He I found him. He and I connected back in December of '05 wow. when he had literally put out maybe one, maybe two episodes. Wow. So I've known him since he first started. Man. And I guess we should probably do a quick disclaimer for that. Like neither you nor I would probably be where we're at without him.
1: No way. I'm in the podcast. Uh, actually, I'll say that mastermind. with I'll
0: say that with certainty, and so am I. Yeah. And so, did you do his podcasting A to Z course?
1: I did not. I, you know, I was a huge fan of everything that he was all about and I kind of just decided to make the choice between doing the podcast mastermind all in or doing the A to Z. I know that, you know, both are incredibly valuable, but I just chose a mastermind and I kind of went and did, you know, all of the courses that he has available, mm-hmm. you know, on his site for my own little A to Z. But no, I didn't actually experience that course.
0: I guess I'll, this is a pretty probably good place for me to put in a little disclaimer and say I've done both. And both are excellent. And I'm going to put just some links. It, there's pro, there's people that ask me, you know, about getting into yeah. podcasting and all that. And I'm sure you've had questions too. And I always refer them to Cliff. And so I'm going to put some links to some of his free stuff that you really like he's got dot com. Is what it's yeah. called. I'll, I'll throw that in the show notes and everything. But you have to know that like – even though you didn't do A to Z you are in the podcast mastermind and so am i and i've known him geez, since 2005 and 8 years I man i just owe him so <laughs> i owe he is he's a friend he's a close friend and i owe him so much and that's just a testament to just the support and friendship that that i have with him so i know cliff listens at some point he'll hear this so thank you cliff
1: well and you can hear your friendship so clearly through the microphone on his show when he has you on and it's just great to behold.
0: Yeah, it, uh, we we just have fun when, yeah. when he has me on there to do the social media segment on podcast answer man. We just have fun. So. Yeah. But uh, what's the podcast podcast mastermind? We should probably if there's podcasters out there who don't know about that, maybe yeah. we should give them a little brief overview of that. I'm a huge fan. It's broken
1: up into you know groups of about ten people where we meet once every other week in this literally this you know this go to meeting where everybody's in a video, hanging back wherever they're at around the world. And we just talk all things podcasting and all things business. And everybody kind of goes around and you get that quote-unquote hut seat so you can really just talk to people about what you're doing now and what you're struggling with and what you're succeeding with and just get feedback from people who are in the trenches, who are really doing it. And I can't say enough about masterminds in general because they're so powerful on so many levels. Because again, you know, going back to why I created Entrepreneur on Fire, when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting off, you really feel like you're all alone and it's scary and you're by yourself. But when you can surround yourself with others who are doing the same thing, it makes all the difference in the world. And we've mentioned Pat Flynn a number of times, Eric, and he always goes back to his beginning days when he found that mastermind. And that was what allowed him to to see the light and to create products and services that have taken him to where he's at now.
0: Well, and your product or the main thing that people know you for f- right now is the podcast it's entrepreneur on fire and you're doing it daily why daily why did you decide on daily because i know some people would say to me okay i guess i kind of get maybe blogging every day but right. podcasting every day how <laughs> how would you do that and i asked that from myself too because i know how much how what i mean we have different lives so i mean i've got you know my family and my day job and Uh, you know other side stuff and the podcast and and i'm just a hobbit
1: in a room basically (laughs) right
0: you're you're neo in the matrix and that's how you make your podcasts because you have all these superpowers there there is no spoon for you but uh how are you doing that well first why the why daily and then we'll move into the how so, the why is a
1: great question. And it literally goes back to that aha moment. Because, Eric, I was that guy that was driving to work every single day, hitting the gym, loving podcasts, like, you know, podcasts that were similar to yours back then, like Pat Flynn. He was doing once every other week then. And he had like 30 podcasts at the time. And I went through all of his podcasts in just a couple of weeks. And I was like, man, I want more. And that's when the light bulb went off. I'm like, why is there not a show? For people like myself that are driving to work every day, that are hitting the gym, that have to walk their dog, do whatever, why isn't there a show to, you know that's waiting for them, that fresh episode every single morning? So that is what I set out to create. I wanted to fill that void for people like myself who wanted it. And believe me, at the time I decided to do daily, I was already in the podcast mastermind. I got some very interesting feedback from cliff whose you know opinion i respect greatly and he's like john you're insane nobody's gonna want to consume that much content and i'm like you know what honestly you can't make a podcast for everybody and there's gonna be a lot of my you know a lot of my listeners don't listen to my show every single day they definitely pick and choose but for me i was a nobody i had no connections i had no relationship so i knew that you know Instead of just having 50 shows a year, which would be one a week, and making 50 connections with 50 great entrepreneurs, I can have 365 conversations with amazing entrepreneurs. So it was more about that, Eric. It was more about making connections with amazing people, having them on my show, and really being able to connect with them to the next level. And so that was my focus, was to hit that demographic of people that did want a daily show, but then also to really try to build my business, entrepreneur on fire, off of just relationships and connections I was able to make.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I I shared Cliff's view. <laughs> yeah. And I was me just too. like, that's insane. I don't know how you'd do it. And I think it was more the how you'd do it, less than the uh but once I started to think about the the consumption of it from the from the opposite side, I knew that there were people out there who probably were just like you where all right, today is my daily Entrepreneur on Fire episode. Pop it in, go for my run, and there you go. And then they still have all this other time. So, you know, I, speaking from me, I've got limited amount of time that I can actually listen to podcasts. So Same here. I pick and choose very, very carefully. But yours is one of them I'm subscribed to just so that I can see who it is that you talk to. Because I'm not going to, there's no way I can listen to every episode of yours. But. That doesn't mean that it's not worth you putting out every episode because, say, somebody knows one person and listens to it for that, but I don't. But then the opposite may be true where I know this next person that came up, but they don't, etc. So So it's, it's just you're putting out – it's not that you're putting out too much. It's that you're putting out a great variety and a large assortment.
1: And again, it goes back to what we were talking about with those relationships and everything that goes along with that where Mm -hmm. so now every single day of the week when I'm waking up, my first email in the morning is to whoever my guest happens to be that day and saying, you know, Seth Godin, Chris Brogan, your interview just went live on Entrepreneur on Fire. You shared a great journey. I would love if you shared with your audience. You know, here's the link if you so choose. And so every single day, Entrepreneur Fire has the opportunity of being exposed to a whole new different audience that would otherwise have never heard of it and a certain proportion of those people are going to really connect with the format they're going to enjoy the show and they're going to subscribe and it's not going to be for everybody but when that happens 7 times a week that's been the growth of my show and that's really what I attribute to where you know sitting back in April of 2012 Entrepreneur and Fire had 205,000 unique downloads and It's only growing from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and again, I can attest to the fact that my relationships with almost every single one of the people that I've interviewed has grown as well after the interview. Like it's just one of those – I did not – honestly, I did not expect that to be one of those things. Like a number of the hosts or – I'm the host, sorry. A number of the guests (laughs) – it's it feels like shared hosting to me though totally. because it's it's me talk it's me having a conversation like we're doing we're having a conversation I'm not interviewing you we're talking it's weird because so many of the people that I've had come on my show end up being listeners of the show and then they're like or the opposite. They listen to the show and then suddenly I found out, find out that they do because they tweet me and I'm like, well, I'd love to have you on. And then they right. come on and then we still email back and forth. So I'm just grateful and thankful to these people and everybody who's listening that has been on the show before. Thank you so much. You know? You've know, you been awesome to the listeners and awesome to me and that's why you're succeeding.
1: Uh, you've had a great guest too.
0: Yeah. Well, and you too. So Thanks. So again, the how how are you doing this? How are you producing that much content? I know for a fact, you've got some unique things you're doing with, say, your scheduling to be able to accommodate interviewing a large number of people. Right. But let's get into this. Like, what's Actually, Let's let's get into the one thing I ask every single person, which is, in an ideal world, how do you start your day?
1: <laughs> That's a great question. I love when you ask this question to other people, because again, It's so unique how people's ideal day starts. Everybody has their own unique day. And for me, you know, it's getting out of bed super early, going on a nice power walk with just some kind of great content in my head, whether it be a book from Audible or... A podcast that I'm listening to and just really get out there and breathe in that fresh air and just really kind of get the heart going. And I'm not running and I'm not doing like a huge exercise. I just want to get out and walk because I'm not a huge morning exerciser like to sweat or anything. I just like getting out there and getting the blood flowing. Yeah. And then I'm sitting down on my computer and, you know, I'd love to get away from that opening the email first thing, but I hate to admit it. I'm not there yet. I open my emails. I deal with that stuff first. And then if it's a Monday, and this is really where we can talk about the daily interviews because – It's a lot of work, Eric. And this is, fortunately for me, all that I do. Entrepreneur on Fire is my business, is my life. So I can spend 60 to 70 hours a week just living in this world that I've created, this daily podcast. But to be really efficient with what I do, I knew that I had to do what I love to refer to as batching. I'm a huge batcher. So every single Monday, I literally do between 8 to 10 interviews. And Eric, you're a host, you know that interviews, although they can be fun because you're talking to cool people and you're having a conversation, you know, they definitely take a lot of focus and they are draining. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, like at the end of my Mondays, like I'm tired, like my voice is tired, my brain's tired, I'm emotionally wiped out. But I've done all of my interviews for the week, every 45 minutes on Monday, starting at 8 a.m. Is another interview. Bang, bang, bang. And I've knocked them all out by the end of that day. The rest of the week is my oyster. That's when I am doing my social media, creating products, you know, being interviewed on other people's shows or what have you. So I'm a huge believer in that batching mentality when you're really swallowing that frog first at the first time of the week, and it just sets me up for success. So I love that mentality, and that's really how I approach each week with that Monday of eight to ten interviews.
0: Yeah. So two things. One, swallowing the frog, for most people may not know, means that if you had one task to do for the day, that you do that first thing. And first even thing. if it was swallowing a frog, you've at least swallowed the frog. You know, <laughs> right. it, at least you've gotten that done, the most important thing done. And and that's a huge perspective shift for me. I know that I used to do that in in a different position I had mondays it, it, if you're doing interviews all day do you find that that i mean you do it batch wise that way because then you don't have to be on for an interview every single day right. at various times throughout the day you can do it all on the same day and just stay on or you know ride a higher crest of a wave you know for throughout the day you know your waves of energy for throughout the day but at least it's just that one day right
1: And that's a great analogy, literally riding that wave. I mean, you can wake up Monday morning, you know, hey, this is my day. I'm going to knock it out of the park. And then I can take a big sigh of relief and a deep breath at the end of that day and say, you know what, now the rest of the week is my own. If I had chosen Friday to be my days, I'm sure that would still be fine on a lot of levels, but it would kind of always be hanging out there, you know, like the interviews that were coming. But as it is, I wake up Monday morning. I ride that wave, I knock them all out, and then the rest of the week is literally just coasting into the shore.
0: Well, now, I know, for example, I'll have different various stages of different episodes recorded ahead of time, so I'm not literally recording this week's episode on, <laughs> right. on a day, and then I have you know a day or two to put it out. You've got a much bigger chunk to chew as far as content-wise to put out. You've got seven instead of one. So – Say somebody has to reschedule or something. You're you're working further ahead than just Monday for the week that's ahead of you, right?
1: 30 to 40 is really where I like to stay ahead of interview-wise. So I almost always have about a month to a month and a half of interviews. So when I have somebody on the show, say this past Monday, and they'll say, oh, great, John, when's this going to go live? I can literally just look at the calendar and say – Oh, it's going to go live in early June because I know I'm always about one yeah. month ahead, and that's where I want to stay just for my sanity because like you said, if you get too close to the end of your interview list, you're going to start stressing out a little bit.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, well, I've been there. I mean it's been right. – I've gotten – the farthest ever that I've been ahead has been about five. But that's good for me because that's a month and a half almost.
1: That's a month and a half for you. That's, that's 40 great. for me.
0: Yeah. So so right now, I mean, this when we started, we said you're at about 201 as of this recording, but you're probably planned out to about as far as 240, near 250. You're right.
1: I mean, I've actually completed 240 interviews total. So I have those right now just sitting there waiting in the bank.
0: That's great. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people can take away... Just a huge lesson from this, which is don 't work right now where the delivery is you know you 're already primed and, and ready to deliver far in advance of where we are on the timeline, and you can do that with anything i mean with, and, with people planning meals with people planning their blogs etc and there 's
1: a thing in the army that I learned really early on again I was twenty two years old I was you know a second lieutenant in charge of a tank platoon. I had to focus, and I really had to learn a lot at a very young age. And that was really one of the things that I did learn And the Army's motto is, hey, we get more done before 9 a.m. than the rest of the world does all day. And I've really kind of taken that to the bank where I really just like to have that preparation in place and just have it all lined up so that I can focus on the other parts of the business. And I'm not always just trying to meet those deadlines. And that's really been a big part of Entrepreneur on Fire.
0: Yeah. Moving into the other parts of the business, obviously post-production is also the other piece to the puzzle when it comes to pushing out podcasts. That had a lot of peas in it. That was almost a tongue twister right there and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> post-production podcast. Anyway, <laughs> what are you doing when it comes to post-production? Because you've got all these interviews that you're doing and obviously you're working ahead weeks and weeks, but you're not yourself sitting down and like piecing it together. What, what kind of workflow do you have as far, as far as post-production? I know it involves VAs a little bit.
1: I am a huge believer in systems and I'm a huge believer in having that disciplined approach. And I do have two full-time virtual assistants. They work 40 hours a week for me. So a total of 80 hours, they're working on all things Entrepreneur on Fire. What that be, you know, my social media or different designs that I'm having, anything along those lines, they're focusing on all these things. You know, I'd I'd love to say that I have this amazing workflow for when I'm done with a podcast and what happens to it, but I'm so part of that Cliff Raymond's (laughs) craft mindset where I'm just so into Eric, that, you know, great audio quality and just focusing and having my hands in every single part of it. I really look at almost every single episode as my baby because I do understand that, listen, my episode, Eric, your episodes are being listened to thousands and thousands of people as they drive to work, as they're at the gym, and I respect that to the greatest level. I'm so honored for people to choose to actually push play an Entrepreneur on Fire that I am insistent upon giving them as good of a, an experience as I can provide. Now, that experience has improved as I've improved over right. the past you know, six, seven months, with my knowledge of how to do Adobe Audition and different things along those lines and and improving as a host as well. But I'm all about finishing the interview, going back. You know, I don't really do much intra-editing of the interview because, again, just like you, I love that conversation. Even though mine's a little more formatted, I like to have that story that just kind of goes off. And I've been a lot better at really provoking that story and, and being a little less restrictive where I was at the beginning about let's just go from this section to this section and I'm adding the intros I'm adding the outros you know when I have sponsors I'm splicing those in because I like Cliff and you know to a certain degree like yourself like I just I love the podcasting world and I enjoy it and when you're passionate about what you do you want to be a part of it and that's really the mentality I've had from day one so it's a lot of time it's a lot of effort But when I upload that finished MP3 to Libsyn, I am like sending a baby off to college.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you're sitting down and you're basically doing the the post-production audio-wise yourself. I do it all, Eric. I do Do all the post-production. Do you have a set day where you maybe batch a bunch of episodes like how you did with the interviews?
1: Exactly. So literally, my interview days are Mondays. And then I wake up Tuesday morning knowing, you know what, today is editing day. And I'll go sit at my computer and until it's done, you know, I'm not opening up email. I'm not corresponding with anybody. I'm just knocking out each interview, adding the intros, adding the entrepreneur on fire episode 201 to everything along those lines. And those are my days. Again, we're batching, and that's my batch.
0: That's awesome. So then what is Wednesday through – well, I mean, I don't know if you do anything. Do you take a weekend?
1: Um, I do. I do. I'm a big believer in unplugging and stepping back. Um, actually, in six days from now, I'm moving to San Diego from Maine. I used to live in San Diego. Oh, wow. And for two years, I loved it. Moved yeah. back to Maine where I was born and raised, which I love the state with every you know fiber of my being – but I'm now moving back to San Diego to kind of just continue this move. I've always been kind of a vagabond with the army. I've never really spent more than two years in one place before. And so I'm getting back to San Diego. I'm living right on the bay there. So, you know, on the weekends, I just, I'm all about paddleboarding and surfing and getting out and just kind of unplugging. But at the same time, I do live and breathe Entrepreneur on Fire. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, I am still about the business. It's not like I need to escape. Like I used to have to escape when I worked in corporate finance with John Hancock. But on Fridays, you couldn't talk to me about dollars and cents for that next 48 hours. Because I was like, <laughs> no, thank you. But I mean, Eric, like if we hung out on Saturday night, you know, I'm sure you and I would start chatting about, you know, our, our businesses. Because we're passionate about it. We yeah, love it. So I am it's fun. And I unplug on some levels, but not on all.
0: Yeah. So then you're, you're working hard. You're playing hard. Wednesday through Friday, like if you're taking a so-called traditional weekend of a Saturday and a Sunday to rest up for your high impact Monday and Tuesday of, of interviews and then <laughs> right. editing, what's Wednesday through Friday look like?
1: So Wednesday through Friday is, again, it's all about the business. You know, Wednesdays and Fridays specifically are about product creation Creating services, like that's when I was taking the time to write my book about podcasting mm-hmm. and all of those things. Thursdays, as you've experienced, like when you reached out to me and asked me very generously to be on your show, obviously because it's beyond the to do list, I mean, I would have, you know, moved mountains to have been on the show. <laughs> Thank you. But um, I do get asked to be on like six to eight shows a week. And for those shows, again, not beyond the to do list, which I would have done <laughs> whenever, but. I really have had to focus my Thursdays on being you know, really scheduled. So I'll send people you know, a little link of my calendar that says, hey, these, the, these are the times I'm available on Thursday. So like, we're speaking on Thursday right now. I actually have four more interviews post this interview. So it's like Mondays, I'm interviewing people. Tuesdays, I'm editing. Thursdays, I'm interviewing on other people's shows. And Wednesdays and Fridays are kind of my days to be creative.
0: Okay. Well, when you say creative, like you mean just try to think up new ways to do monetization off of the podcast and other content or products?
1: Absolutely. Like a big product that I'm working on right now is called Six Months to Six Figures A Podcaster's Journey, where I really just break it down. I start at day one and I show and I share how I built Entrepreneur Fire off to a podcast that now, just through sponsorships alone, is generating over $12,000 a month. And so, I mean, that's like a product that I'm working on on my Wednesdays and Fridays and maybe the weekends if I can. And then again, the other three days of the week are just focused on continuing to produce content, which is the lifeblood of
0: my show. Okay, so you mentioned you already have a book out. What's that book?
1: So the book's called Podcast Launch. And you know it was that question that I just get asked so often. And I'm, I know that you do as well, Eric. People email you and say, hey, Eric, I love your podcast. I would love to do one in a similar niche in a, in a, or in my own industry. What have you? How do I get started? You know, and instead of trying to recreate the wheel for every single person, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to come out, I'm going to put everything I know about podcasting into a book. It comes with 15 video tutorials. So if you want to know how to upload a podcast to Libsyn, I have a screenflow video tutorial for that. And you know, things that Cliff Ravenscraft has done on such great levels and qualities as well. That's what I created with Podcast Launch, and I released it to Amazon February twenty second of two thousand thirteen, and I've just been overwhelmed with what that can do and the different demographics that it opens. Because just like iTunes is an amazing place to showcase your podcast, obviously Amazon is an amazing place to showcase your book, and it's gotten over you know seventy five five star reviews. You know, thousands of sales and people that are finding out about Entrepreneur on Fire because they're going to Amazon. They're typing in the word podcast, and my book is the first thing that's showing up. So again, that was like that Pat Flynn be everywhere strategy that I really wanted to in place, and part of being everywhere is being on YouTube, is being in Amazon, is being in iTunes. So that's just part of the strategy that I've tried to employ. It's a short book, it's 40 pages, it's my story, but then it does come with 15 video tutorials that are very helpful and it's 5 bucks. I mean, you know, that's, you know, I wasn't doing it to to come out with a course for hundreds of dollars. I just wanted to spread my knowledge and have a way to point people when they came to me with questions.
0: Yeah. So for less than the price of a Starbucks latte, people can learn how to podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not to your quality, Eric, but pretty good. (laughs)
0: Well, well, okay, okay. True. Yeah, and and I think that's the th- I think there's a really good distinction here that or or you know, we can kind of point out we've we've kind of been walking this line the whole time throughout this conversation of talking about how there's different levels that you can do things even when you're doing like high quality stuff. I mean, a lot of people would say we're both doing high quality shows. The sound quality's good, the guests are good, they've commented on our hosting, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're doing it on such a high volume and I'm doing it on a smaller volume. You're able to monetize it on such a high level and, and branch out and do more stuff, and I'm slowly moving that way. I'm working on – I'm co-writing a book on productivity it's, that's going to be on Kindle. That will be coming out. you will people start to hear more about this soon. That's This is the first time I've actually nice. mentioned it. I'll buy it. So there you go. But f- what's funny is if you go look in iTunes, look, we're both right there at the top. You know? Absolutely. And, and so a- it, there's, you can do this, in other words. Ultimately, that's the lesson I'm trying to point out is, is there are varying degrees – That you can commit, but you can still commit wholeheartedly to doing the thing at a high quality, whether you have a ton of time, and this is your day job like you, or me where this is a side project, my show is, and it's a growth experiment and a a learning journey for myself, you know?
1: 100%. I mean – Literally one year ago today, so May of 2013, you could have said, John, here's a glimpse at your life a year from now. I'd be like, wait a second. I'm going to be talking into a microphone for like 40 hours a day. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I sell commercial real estate. But then one month after May of 2012, I had that aha moment. And just in these short 11 months, Eric, I've spoken, you know, words to words, you know, earbud to earbud, mic to mic with Tim Ferriss. Barbara Corker, Gary Vaynerchuk—these incredible people—all because I just said, "You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to take that leap. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm still going to try." And now I'm talking to you, just a mere eleven months after that idea, just seven months after I launched, and it can just—it just goes to show like how quickly, once you really put that focus and those blinders on, what you can accomplish.
0: Yeah, definitely. I really need to ask this is you've talked to so many great people. What have been some of the internalized personal takeaways that you've gotten out of your guests?
1: One of the biggest like, internalized takeaways that I've gotten from my guests is the fact that they had the same doubts. They had the same fears as everybody else, but they did two words – they just started, literally, they just started. And it wasn't like they left their careers, they left their jobs and just plunged in, blindfolded. You know, it was 30 minutes in the morning. It was the last 30 minutes in the evening. They were just taking the time to improve themselves and to gather information and knowledge towards their passions, towards their goals. And then six months would go by and they were like, wow, I actually know what what's going on here. I, I actually feel like I can make this leap now because I have a lot more confidence and courage. And I have people that are supporting me because they see what I've done in these last six months with just an hour a day. And so, so many of my guests have started with those small little tiny steps that did build up to something big. So when they did take that leap, it wasn't a blind leap. It was a leap for sure, but on a level that they could control and really have a lot of, you know, that destiny in mind.
0: Yeah, man. I don't know how familiar – I know you, uh, you hadn't heard yet of the Entree Leadership book when uh, I was on your show and I right. recommended that as a, as a book. Which uh, I then read. Great. And uh, <laughs> one of the things – one of the key things and I'm going to get around to why this ties in that Dave Ramsey talks about when he ta- – he talks about money. That's his primary thing he talks about. He talks about that if you want to be rich, you need to act like rich people do. And that's the same kind of thing that, you know, turning pro with Steven Pressfield where it's – you. if you want to be the thing you want to be, then you need to start acting like that person would act. So decide who it is you're supposed to be, what it is you want to do and then start doing the things, the actions and all that. If you want to be a person, a character, start having character. Make the right decisions, you know, but decide what those decisions are and then do them. You know, start doing is basically what you just basically said. With, yeah, that, and that you learned. So they start, they jumped in, and they just started doing it, and then they became professional by doing it.
1: Exactly, and it can start with those small steps, like you just alluded to. And one of my favorite books that I love to talk about is the Compound Effect with Darren Hardy, who's the founder of Success Magazine. It's another great book, and that really focuses on everything that you were just mentioning, but also about how. Just by doing little things every single day, it adds up to such great things. Just like when Dave Ramsey talks about, you know, hey, when you do, you know, start saving money at 20 years old, this is the compound effect of when you're Mm -hmm. 60. You know, it's the same thing with entrepreneurs. When you just start taking little bite-sized morsels of information every day by listening to your podcast or reading Seth Godin's blog, that's going to add up to big things down the road. And, you know, Entrepreneur Fire is a living, breathing example of that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we've both been on this road basically for about a year. Yeah. I'm really excited to to see where we got, and I'm really excited to see where we're headed to. Mm-hmm. If people want to stay connected to you now as well as on, in your future endeavors, what are some of the best places they can connect with you online?
1: I'm also a big believer in that one headquarters, and eofire.com is going to get you to my headquarters I can't spell entrepreneur to this day, even though I have a little mic boom arm in front of me that says entrepreneur on fire. I still, I don't, I don't even know what it says. So I got that little shortened uh, URL, eofire.com. That's where all the podcasts are. That's where the show notes pages are, uh, live and breathe links to my social media just go to EO Fire, check it out. You know, we definitely interview great people every single day. You can go in the Wayback Machine and check out my interview with Eric Fisher <laughs> at com slash Eric Fisher.
0: Nice, and I'll put a link to that in my show notes yes. too. So that was actually really one really one of the most fun interviews. I think it was one of the first interviews where I was actually on somebody else's show. So.
1: Oh, well, you were such a pro. I was like, this kid must do this every single day.
0: Yeah, well, your, your entrepreneur on fire warmed me up to be able to do that. So, John, it's been awesome to talk yeah. with you. Thanks for stopping by. It's been an awesome pleasure to just speak with you about all of this.
1: Could not agree more, Eric. Thanks for giving me the opportunity.
0: Well, that wraps up another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I hope you had a great time listening. Make sure to go ahead and check out Entrepreneur on Fire at eofire.com if you haven't already. And seriously, John and myself owe it to you, the listener, for going and giving us such great feedback about how our shows have benefited you by going to our iTunes listings and giving us all the great five-star reviews that have been put there. If you've been meaning to do that for a long time, just go do it now. Go to beyondthetodolist.com slash iTunes. Even if you don't have any words to say, just see it as clicking like on a Facebook post and click the star that's the farthest to the right for a five-star review or whatever you feel is appropriate and it's greatly appreciated. Thanks. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. Find more great podcasts like How to Podcast, Clean Comedy, Once Upon a Time, Christian Worldview, and more at noodle.mx. Think, laugh, and succeed by subscribing to our podcasts at noodle.mx.